is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Ahithophel and Absalom both set themselves against God's anointed Jesus Christ, and they actually entered into Satan's rebellion against God. And both of these men are in hell right now. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 18. 2 Samuel chapter 18 beginning with verse 17. And they took Absalom and cast him into a great pit in the wood and laid a very great heap of stones upon him and all of Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day Absalom's place. Move down, if you will, to verse 33. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept as he went. Thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. I want to use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes, Absalom's place. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me, to help me, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth and to bring forth that, O Lord, which I believe you have given unto me. And I ask, Lord, that you anoint the people to hear and to receive of your word. Lord, that we all might be drawn closer to you in some way. And we are careful now to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. As we read these words of David, you can't help but feel and sense the pain, the hurt that David is experiencing, as any parent would be. But David's grief goes much deeper than we realize, because David knew that his son died lost. David also knew that the reason all of this had taken place was his fault. David was to blame. This was the third of a fourfold judgment that came upon David as a result of his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband 
Uriah. Now, having said all of that, we have to ask the question, what part did God play in all of that? Did God cause Absalom to go against his father David? No. God is never the cause of wrongdoing. God is never the cause of sin. If sin is involved, it's always the fault of the individual. Absalom had a choice. Understand this about sin, ladies and gentlemen. Sin has a negative ripple effect that destroys everything that it touches. David and his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah, it opened up a door of opportunity that would not have been opened had not David done this thing. There was a door of opportunity opened and Absalom made the choice to open that door and go against his father. By this time, all of Israel knew of David's sin and thought him to be unfit to sit upon the throne of Israel. And Absalom stole the hearts of the people. And Ahithophel, David's top advisor, the Bible says that his wisdom was as the oracles of God. This man sided with Absalom. And Absalom thought that he could win this conflict against his father David. I can kill David and ascend to the throne of Israel. And I've got Ahithophel here, the wisest man in the world, to advise me on how to do it. There's no way that I can lose. Ahithophel, he was Bathsheba's grandfather. He had his own personal grievances toward David. He couldn't forgive David for what he did to Bathsheba. He wanted his pound of flesh. And he advised Absalom, you need to go up on the rooftop and spread a tent and go in unto every one of your father's concubines and you need to do so in the sight of all of Israel. Ahithophel had it in for David. I'm going to cause him as much pain and hurt as I possibly can. Ahithophel knew that if Absalom did this thing, it would create a wedge that would further divide David and Absalom. It would be hard for David to forgive his son of doing such a thing. You see, Satan does things. And many times in our thinking, we think, 
well, Satan's trying to do this over here. He's trying to do that. He's creating this opposition, this ripple in the family, and it's them, blah, 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 blah. And we think that's the problem. No, Satan's trying to create a wedge. He's trying to create a wedge. He's trying to create in you a heart of unforgiveness towards somebody else. And friend, God said if you don't forgive others their trespasses against you, then God will not forgive you your trespasses. There are some of you under the sound of my voice right now. Satan is setting the trap even as I speak. To create in you a heart of unforgiveness towards somebody else. Let me say this. God forbid you walk in that door on a Sunday morning drunk. But I'd rather have you in this church drunk than to have you sitting here with a smile on your face with unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody else. God can forgive you for being drunk. But if you're sitting here today with unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody else, you better forgive them. Brother James, I'm finding it hard to do so. Well, you better pray and ask the Lord to help you. Ahithophel, he seethed in anger toward David. He was the cause for Absalom to go in and do this thing. This man was so blinded by his rage that when Absalom called for counsel on how to end this thing, how can I kill David and take the throne of Israel? For sure, How can I secure the throne of Israel? And Ahithophel said, let me, let me, key word, me, let me take 12,000 men of Israel. I can go in and get him right now if you'll let me do it. Absalom, let me go right now. He's not had time to marshal his forces, and I can go and get him. I can kill him right now and bring the people back. And Ahithophel was spot on. He was right. And Absalom, let's hear what Hushai has to say. And Hushai is brought in. And Hushai said, Absalom, you don't want to do that right now. David, you know he's a man of war. He's got the heart of a lion. And right now, he's like a bear that's been robbed of her cubs. He's going to be on high alert. If you go in there right now with, with, with your troops, he's going to be ready for you because you know David's a man of war. Now's not the time to do this thing, Absalom. Here's what you need to do. You need to marshal your forces. Call all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba. Let them be gathered unto you. And you ride out in front of them, Absalom. And David will be outnumbered and you can kill him and secure the throne of Israel. Now Hushiah's counsel was wrong. But it appealed 
to Absalom's pride. I can ride out in front of the thousands of Israel and lead them into battle. And that's what he decided to do. Ahithophel, upon hearing these words, he knew that if they didn't strike right then, it was going to be game over. If we wait and do what Hushai is saying do, it gives David time to marshal his forces. You need to hit him while he's off guard right now. But he knew it was game over. And the Bible says that Ahithophel went home, got his house in order, and he hung himself and died. The wisest man in the world of that day allowed his own personal grievances to tarnish his wisdom. Hear me today. Don't allow the gift that God has given you to be turned into a curse. That's what happened to Ahithophel. That's what happens to a lot of people. There are many listening to me right now. You have a gift to play music. That gift is there to glorify God, to worship God. God and to use that talent to use that ability for the world to make money you've taken that gift and it will be a curse to you as it has been to hundreds thousands down through the many years let's look at these three men for a moment Ahithophel Absalom and David I've already dealt with Ahithophel. He had unforgiveness in his heart toward David because of Bathsheba, wouldn't forgive him. Set himself against God's anointing. Absalom did the exact same thing. There was unforgiveness there, and Absalom again set himself against God's anointed. And the sins of David, David committed two of the worst sins, adultery and cold-blooded murder. But here's the key. David repented, and he did not set himself against God's anointed. Understand that. Ahithophel and Absalom both rebelled against God's anointed. God's anointed. What do I mean by that? When you follow it out to the end conclusion, we're speaking about Jesus Christ. They set themselves against God's anointed Jesus Christ. And they actually entered into Satan's rebellion against God. And both of these men, as I stand before you today, are in hell right now. They have been there now for some 3,000 years. You think of that. 
they set themselves against God's anointed Jesus Christ and entered into Satan's rebellion against God. Exactly as millions are doing all around the world. They have set themselves against God's anointed and they've entered into Satan's rebellion and their place will be the lake of fire. Except for the cross. Only the cross can stop that judgment. Let me tell you this. The only thing that stands between you and eternal hell is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, you take it up daily and you follow me. The battle begins, 2 Samuel 18. The Bible says there was a great slaughter that day of 20,000 men of Israel slain before the servants of David. 20,000 died, but there's no record that any of those were David's men. We don't know exactly how many men David had. Josephus said he had somewhere around 4,000 men along with 600 Philistines under the command of Atea. But when you look at those numbers, whatever they may be, David was greatly outnumbered. And if David was to win this battle, there would have to be divine intervention. God would have to help him. And I want to show you something in case you've never seen it before. Maybe you've never thought about it. Second Samuel 18, verse 8. The Bible says that the battle was there scattered all over the face of the country, and the wood devoured more people that day than the sword. What does that mean? I'm going to give you a little pierced theology here. Here's the way I see it in my mind. Absalom's men are going through the woods, and some of those branches are moving and killing the people. Throughout the Scriptures, God has used the elements to win battles. In the not-too-distant future, the Battle of Armageddon, the Bible speaks about hailstones weighing anywhere from 150 to 200 pounds falling out of the heavens upon the armies of the Antichrist. God can do anything. David, with 4,000 against all of these 20,000, more than that, really, David needed some help, and God helped him out. And I just see the woods being engaged somehow or another, devouring the people, taking them out. Let's look at Absalom for just a few minutes now as I begin to close. The Bible says in Second Samuel 14, verse 25, that there was none so much to be praised as Absalom for his beauty. 
From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Verse 26 talks about his hair. His hair was heavy on him and he pulled it or he shaved it. And when he shaved it, uh, he weighed his hair and it weighed 200 shekels after the king's weight. That's anywhere from 8 to 9 pounds. Who does that? I mean, who shaves their head and weighs their hair? I'd have to have a mighty sensitive small scale to weigh what little bit of hair I've got. <laughs> One of them little Graham scales. <laughs> but. It takes an arrogant somebody to cut off their hair and weigh it. But the very thing that Absalom prided himself in is the very thing that entrapped him. The Bible says that, 2 Samuel 18, verse 9, he rode into battle riding on a mule. Now, before I go further with that, let me say this. The mule... Uh, the king would ride upon the mule. The idea was that he would kill David and then ride into Jerusalem and all the people would see him riding on the mule and that's a sign of him now being the king. That was the game plan. But as he was riding on that mule, the mule went under some thick boughs of a great oak, verse 9, and his head was caught hold of the oak and he was taken up between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. One of those trees reached down and grabbed him by the hair of the head and snatched him up. And there he is kicking and screaming by the hair of the head. I just don't know about that, Brother John. Well, you just believe whatever you want to believe. That's fine. What you know is just as good as what I know, but I tell you what the Bible says. He was caught up between the heaven and the earth, hanging there. Somebody saw this thing when it happened, and they run to Joab and told Joab. Joab took three darts and threw it, hit him right in the heart, finished him off. Absalom died a painful, agonizing death. They took his body, the Bible says, they throwed it in a pit, laid a great heap of stones upon him. And in his lifetime, he reared up for himself a pillar. He said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He did have some sons, but either he did this before the birth of his sons or either by this particular time his sons had died. We really don't know, but at any rate, he called the pillar after his own name, Absalom's place. He called it unto this day Absalom's place. If you do a Google search, Absalom's place, you will see... The pictures of a building, monument, whatever the case. If that were the actual 
dwelling place of Absalom. Such would be tolerable. But I submit to you this morning that that is not Absalom's place. That place is to remind mankind of what happens when you rebel against God's anointed. And Absalom's place today is in hell. He's been there now for some 3,000 years. There are some of you under the sound of my voice right now. Your situation is less than unfortunate. But Absalom would give anything in the world to take your place right now. Because as unfortunate as your circumstances and situation may be, you are better off right now than he is. He's been there in hell for 3,000 years and will be there forever and forever. Today, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have set yourself against God's anointed Jesus Christ and one day you will be in Absalom's place the lake of fire today is the day of salvation if you've not accepted Christ as your Savior behold now is the time today is the day of salvation If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 